What happens next for the Packers at wide receiver with Devontae Adams now in Las Vegas? And what is Brian Gutekinds going to do with all those picks? You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Really Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown! You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. You can follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Some big things to hit on the show today. We're going to talk about receiver and what happens with the Packers coming up in a little bit. We're going to talk about Big Bob Tunyon being back in a little bit. I want to I want to broaden the scope for a second. I want to go back, 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 in the words of Chris Berman, back, 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 back. And look big picture because what the Packers have now is... A bunch of draft capital and not a star player that they used to have, right? And as Jason Hirshhorn from The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to, wrote, this has a chance to be a lose-lose trade for the Green Bay Packers and the Las Vegas Raiders because the Packers are worse. They have no clear path or at least no clear plan to get better. And then for the Raiders, we're talking about cost. We're talking about How much better does he make them? How much does he actually change their trajectory? All of that stuff. And that is all in full view of the fact that Devontae Adams is the best receiver in the league. For the Packers, one of the reasons why this is difficult to swallow is because their biggest asset is, number one, the cap space that you create, and number two, the draft picks a first and a second. And we talked last week about why that second is like a first in a year, at least in the way that the NFL has traditionally valued these picks. The the interesting thing and and the, the paradoxical thing almost is that we should actually have a lot of confidence in the Packers' ability to turn those picks into productive players. Maybe not Devontae Adams level players, but very good players. The problem is you went all in with Aaron Rodgers for this year and we'll see beyond that. The timeline is not we'll see what you look like in a year, rookie. Like uh, if even if Eric Stokes, who is very good, comes in and is Eric Stokes, you get a first round pick who's Eric Stokes level good. That's not helping you win in 2022 the the way Devontae Adams would have. Now, you draft a receiver who becomes Justin Jefferson. Yeah, you could do it. But that is a big, a big leap. 
Why did I want to pull back? Let's pull back. Long term, which the Packers don't care about. This is a little bit in the long run. We're all dead because in the long run, Aaron Rodgers doesn't play for the Packers anymore. But just from a, hey, we think this works because getting the draft capital is super valuable to us standpoint. The Packers have had incredible success under Brian Gutekunst in the first two rounds of the draft. These are the picks that Brian Gutekunst has made as Packers GM in the first two rounds. Jair Alexander, Josh Jackson, Rashawn Gary, Darnell Savage, Elton Jenkins, Jordan Love, A.J. Dillon, Eric Stokes, and Josh Myers. I had a little bit of a, a tweet thread about this, and part of that was my, my preparation for this moment, <laughs> this podcast. So let's just go through that list, shall we? Because it's a very, very, very good list. Jair Alexander, superstar. And we knew day one, week one, basically, this guy was special. And by the middle of his second season, we're like, okay, this guy has a chance to be locked down. And the Derwin James part of it felt like a distant memory. Elton Jenkins. Elton Jenkins. People forget about Elton Jenkins. Top 50 pick, but not a first round pick. He is a Pro Bowl caliber guard who might actually be a Pro Bowl caliber tackle for the Packers. And I think was on his way to being an all-pro player last year. I think he has all-pro potential. Rashawn Gary should have been on the NFC team last year. Should have been a pro bowler. Was one of the two or three best edge players in the NFC last season. Absolutely no doubt all day. And he can still get better. Those are home run picks. As we stand here today with no projection, those are home run picks. Eric Stokes had to step in and play essentially CB1 all of last season. Jair Alexander, after the first month, is out. And Stokes, despite being one of the most targeted corners in the league, gave up the fifth lowest completion percentage according to Sports Info and Solutions. And by Pro Football Focus's charting, led rookies in pass breakups and forced incompletions. He absolutely has Pro Bowl potential. Now, we're not going to we're not going to say he's a Pro Bowler yet, but he has number one corner kind of ceiling and upside. If that were the list, if that were just the list, you'd be doing pretty good. You'd be doing pretty good. Those four guys would be that would that would make you those are those are core pieces to your team. AJ Dillon, a pick that was mocked and and borderline vilified when the Packers made it. We, we haven't on this show, and certainly if we haven't, I don't think nationally it's been recognized. It I, it has not been recognized in Packer Nation. Again, part of that is my fault. I have a platform here to serve you. AJ Dillon. The season that he just had by Sports Info Solutions metric called total points, which is about generating value, right? The only running back last year who generated more total points than A.J. Dillon 
The second running back on the Packers was Jonathan Taylor. That's how good A.J. Dillon was last year. He was also the highest graded running back by Pro Football Focus among players with at least 150 carries. You add in Darnell Savage, who also has Pro Bowl potential. They love him. He did not play as well in 2021 as he did in 2020. He looked like he he had a, a vertiginous upward trajectory. We may have to rethink that a little bit. I, I think the the haha Clinton Dix comparisons are overblown. Let's not go that far. Haha stopped giving effort. Savage still plays hard. And he's not stat chasing. In fact, if anything, he needs to work on those hands a little bit because that cost him. He should, he should have had six interceptions last year, eight interceptions. We don't know about Jordan Love. Josh Jackson was a beloved pick. And look like the better player than Jair Alexander in camp in preseason. Was making plays, pick sixes, had that pump block against Minnesota. I mean, was was doing stuff. And just it just never came together for him. But as a, I loved him as a prospect, I thought that was a home run pick. It, it turned out not to be. And then Josh Myers, he's going to be a starting center in this league for a long time. He's solid. And in fact, for for much of the season, was in the top 10 in pass block win rate, according to ESPN. Not a Pro Bowl caliber player necessarily, but a good one. And if so, if you're the Packers now, they have 22, they have 28, two picks in the second round, 53 and 60, to do real damage, to do real damage. And they have a GM who... Uh, has a track record of hitting on these picks. From a value standpoint, you see the appeal for the Packers given a relationship that was apparently irreparably damaged to get picks where you have had success in the draft before. That all makes a lot of sense. The problem is it just doesn't fit with where you are in your trajectory as a franchise. You have to be willing to say, okay, this doesn't fit. Now, what could they do to make that work? What could they do to change that in the next couple of weeks before the draft? Well, we're going to talk about that in just a second before we do. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. I got a message from a listener the other day who said that he bought a box. Finally, he gave one to his girlfriend and she said, oh my God, it tastes like a candy bar. And he said, that is literally their slogan. This is the truth. I'm trying to tell it to you. They are covered in 100% chocolate. One of the reasons that they are delicious, but high in protein, high in fiber, low in net carbs, low in sugar. These are as real a deal as exists in the protein bar space. And if you don't believe me, go to built.com and use promo code LOCKS15 to get 15% off your order. And you will find out, I promise. Use promo code LOCKS15 for 15% off at built.com. 
And thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen every day. Make sure you're following Locked On NFL, Locked On experts covering the biggest stories around the NFL every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Let's talk about what's next for the Packers. They need a veteran. And I don't think it can just be a Will Fuller, a Julio Jones. That That's nice. It would help. And I do think that those are avenues worth exploring. It's not sufficient. I don't think Will Fuller plus draft pick X is enough. Not, it's not this season, certainly. So, well, what, what is it? What is it? There are some veterans out there. Now, they missed out on the chance to get Robert Woods. But I think that's, that's telling. Okay? And the reason is Robert Woods was traded to the Titans for a sixth round pick. With all of the drafts capital the Packers have at their disposal, they could have offered not just more, but more enough that the gap between what they would be willing to give up and what the Titans ultimately gave up would be worth the Rams giving the Packers one of these players. Because you're going to hear from fans, oh, well, the, the Rams would never trade him to the Packers. Yes, they would. Yes, they would. If they're not going to use him and he's expensive, yes, they would. You're getting an asset for him. They basically salary dumped Robert Woods. They would have taken a valuable pick. If the Packers would have said, yeah, we'll give you a third round pick. They would have taken it. I'm telling you, they would have taken it. The Packers have to be working on something bigger. The names that have been out there, Tyler Lockett. That one makes, I think, the most sense. He is an older player. The Seahawks are going to say, we're not rebuilding. But if you're going to do anything, giving up on someone like DK Metcalf doesn't make a lot of sense. That being said, DK Metcalf is set to make a bunch of money, 20 plus million. And the Seahawks are already paying Tyler Lockett. Not a top of market deal, but but seriously, seriously impactful money on your salary cap for a team that wants to run the ball and play defense. Are they going to decide that it's worth it to do both, to try and run the ball and play defense and pay these receivers exorbitant amounts of money? Ideologically, I mean, yes, obviously they should do that. They should, they should keep one of the best receiver duos in the league intact. But ideologically, I don't see how that makes sense. So if you're going to trade one of them, it makes sense for it to be Lockett, the guy who's already probably passed his prime or at least is right in the middle of it. And in a year or two might be past it, a smaller receiver. They tend, you know, not to age well because they don't have their size at the end once the quickness starts to go. Tyler Lockett, his game is predicated on speed. I'm not exactly selling it. From a Packers perspective, am I? But he would be great in Green Bay because their window is right this minute. The Seahawks, the window is not. So that's why DK Metcalf makes sense to hold on to him because he'll be ready. 
He'll be ready in a year or two or three when they're actually ready to compete. Tyler Lockett might not be. You can make the trade post June 1 and you you make the, the salary cap hit easier on that one because you can spread the money out over a couple years. So that would make sense. Now, the name that I had heard is Keenan Allen. And it was a name that that Peter Schrager threw out there on Good Morning Football a couple times. I noted that. I mentioned it. I tweeted it. And I got a note on Twitter from, let's just, well, someone who knows things that said, stay on this Keenan Allen thing. Not as an encouragement, but as a, there's something here. I don't know. Why the Chargers in the midst of what is going to be a Super Bowl push would trade him? I don't know. But as we saw, it's not always it's not always logic that prevails in these situations. They just paid Mike Williams the bag. Keenan Allen is already making the bag. So you can see the wisdom there. And if you're if you're Green Bay, it may be as simple as Green Bay is calling and asking. They're pushing and the Chargers are saying no. DK is another name that I had heard. Packers interest. Is there a deal to be made there? Green Bay, certainly. I mean, you, you, you can see it from Seattle's side, right? The, um, why, why are we paying this guy? Why are we paying him 21, 22 million if we want to be a run-heavy team? Tyler Lockett's here. Uh, the quarterback situation is precarious. Um, even if they get Baker Mayfield, which, blech, blech. Maybe the decision is DK is just too expensive and they don't want to invest that many resources. Tyler Lockett is your sunk cost. He's your established veteran, culture guy, whatever. You can you can contort your body into a way that makes it make sense. I don't think it, it ultimately would make that much sense for Seattle to do, but they might do it. And you have a first round pick to do it for. So I, I, I still think a day two pick for Tyler Lockett post June 1, you, you, well, that would be tricky. You'd have to be next year's pick if it's going to be post June 1. The, the problem is, for the Seahawks, is on the cap, they need it to be post June 1. And so trading a pick for him now, you can't, doesn't work that way. So it gets, it gets tricky. There aren't that many options. Is the point. Now, maybe there are options that we can't see that we haven't thought about. Guys out there who suddenly could be much more interested in playing with Aaron Rodgers. And maybe what the Packers do is they sign Julio Jones, they sign Will Fuller, and they draft a receiver and they just go, you know, we'll throw money at the problem and and see what we can do. And in a year or two, maybe the receiver that, that we draft hits and you go from there. I thought in tandem with this discussion, what would be fun? is to do a mock draft on the air. And you can understand my thought process on this. So I pulled up uh, the draft network. You should go by the uh, the draft guide 
that my buddy Jake Morley and, and Jake Westendorf have put out there. Um, it is so the, the KC draft guide is a longstanding thing that that has been going on for a long time. Now it is the Green Bay draft guide. And they they added fits for all the Packers players that they were already evaluating. Go check that out um, and, and pre-order it for yourself. So here we are on the mock. The Packers at 22. Top players on the Draft Network board. Garrett Wilson, Kenny Pickett, Drake London, George Karloftis, Zion Johnson, Traylon Burks. Until further notice, my number one receiver in this class is Drake London. I think he has superstar potential. I think he can be one of the best receivers in the league. The on-paper resume is flawless, and he's still only 20 years old. I think there are ways you can win with him right away, and then I think when when he develops, gets a little bit stronger, he can be an absolute stud in the NFL. I'm not as high on Garrett Wilson, and you guys know that I love Traylon Burks, but he just, the athleticism thing worries me a little bit. I have London and Burks neck and neck. I think Drake London is the not only the safest pick, I think he's the best receiver in this class. So the fact that you can get him here at 22, easy money, I'm making this pick. Okay, now let's get to 28. Best players available. Kenny Pickett still on the board. Zion Johnson, guard center from Boston College. Perrion Winfrey, Kenyon Green, Desmond Ritter, Devin Lloyd, Jahan Dotson. I do not like Green Eggs and Ham. No, I do not like Jahan Dotson enough to take him here. I am I am thrilled, absolutely thrilled to come out of this first round with Zion Johnson and Drake London. If the Packers are able to do that, it is a massive, a massive dub for them because it would allow you to, to solidify Elton Jenkins at right tackle and then just figure out the best spot. Just figure out the best spot for... Uh, Royce Newman, John Runyon Jr., Josh Myers, whatever it is, Zion Johnson is good enough that you should just take him and not worry about it. So that's what I'm going to do here. Okay. Now I think this is about what else have you done? What else have you done? Did you sign Julio Jones? Did you sign Will Fuller? Will Fuller and Drake London. Honestly, if Will Fuller stayed relatively healthy that would be a pretty good plan i think because you get the speed element and drake london can develop into a number one and will fuller in his brief playing time as a sort of number one was really good was really good and and looked like a borderline number one receiver now are you expecting that because of the injuries no okay here we are at 53 Top players on the board, Desmond Ritter, Kenneth Walker, Sam Howell, the quarterback, Jalen Petrie, safety from Baylor, converted corner, Isaiah Spiller, running back, not going to happen, Roger McCreary, cornerback from Auburn, Chad Pickens, wide receiver from Georgia. So again, this goes back to what else have you done? Because if the answer is not much, if it's a Will Fuller type, a Sammy Watkins type, you probably need to do another one of these guys. You probably need to draft another one of these guys. And considering the players ahead of them, I, I mean, I'm I'm loving the value that I'm getting here. I think George Pickens is a borderline first round pick. 
So I'm taking him at, at 53 and doing a backflip. And then you start to look at what is available at 59. Those quarterbacks, you're not going to do that. Some linebackers, you're probably not going to do that. I don't, I don't really love, honestly, a lot of the options here. I was hoping Travis Jones would fall, the interior defensive lineman. He didn't. So I don't, I don't really feel like I have a lot of good options here. But Chad Muma, the linebacker from Wyoming, I know they signed uh, Devondre Campbell. This is because you have luxury picks. Maybe he plays 30% of snaps, 40% of snaps, and is just a, a special teams ace. I've got extra picks. So I'm just going to take him and be happy about it. Uh, and, and be very bummed that Travis Jones was not there. I was, I was hoping, if, I, if, if you came out of, as the Packers, if you came out of the first two rounds with Zion Johnson, Drake London, George Pickens, and Travis Jones, I would do a backflip. A a literal backflip. So I, the the Packers are in are in very good position to get some really good players. And as we as we talked about at the top, we should trust them to do it and to get some good players in the process. All right, we have a ton of tight ends on the board here. I didn't even plan this because I can't. I, you can't plan it. Their top one is Jalen McBride. He's a, he's a do-it-all type. I don't know how much longer Mercedes Lewis is going to play. I like the value there. I'm going to take him and feel like this draft is a home run for me. A home run for me. I love it. It's not, it's not perfect, but I love it. So this dovetails beautifully with our original point. Look at how much value the Packers were able to accrue in this draft, Drake London, Zion Johnson, George Pickens, Chad Moon, and Trey McBride. Those are five really good, really talented players who could come in and contribute to Green Bay. Now, do they make the Packers a Super Bowl team? Probably not. Probably not, unless Drake London is Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson or, or you know, Michael Pittman right away. If he's not, you got issues. It's that time of year again as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us from all the latest odds, contests, player props, bet online, your number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. Bet online remains the best spot for all your betting needs, not just basketball. Bet online has, they've got NFL draft stuff, NBA, really fun, hockey, baseball is almost back, real baseball, not spring training baseball. And they've got live betting and your favorite Las Vegas casino games. Head to the website or use your mobile device to learn about more of all the trends and the action. Bet online where the game starts. And thanks for making Locked on Packers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked on NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring you the NFL Draft and bring it to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free wherever you get podcasts. Uh, the Packers are bringing back Big Bob Tunyon on a one-year deal. That is helpful. The Packers have a lot of security blankets now for Aaron Rodgers. Randall Cobb, Al Nazard, Big Bob Tunyon. And, and, you know, Tunyon will play this year, assuming, you know, assuming all things, he's a young guy. He, he works really hard in the offseason. 
keeps his body in good shape. I would expect that he'll be back for most of next season, if not all of it. He was an Aaron Rodgers security blanket. Randall Cobb, an Aaron Rodgers security blanket. Alan Lazard, an Aaron Rodgers security blanket. Mercedes Lewis, your running backs. Now you need to find that variance piece, whether it's a tight end. They 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 whiffed on Austin Hooper, such that we don't we don't know if they actually tried to get Austin Hooper, but they did not get Austin Hooper. What what's next? What's next? This is the only question that matters for the Packers in in the short term. What are they going to do at receiver? It's very quiet right now, but I think I think there's there's stuff going on behind the scenes. According to the reports, after the Devontae Adams trade, the Packers had previously been in the market for a veteran receiver, um, whether that was via trade or in free agency. That presumably that that had not changed. So I still think they're going to add. The question is how much, to what degree, because that affects everything that comes after it, including and especially the NFL draft. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow. A lot more to get to this week. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find at Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers. <laughs>